Welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf. This is the podcast where we're going to talk about every single Telltale game released from 2004, when the company was founded, up till 2018, when the company wins under. And I'm here with my co-host, as per usual, Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin. Hello, Mitch. I want you to know that I could make a joke about the hit video game Among Us right here, but I'm going to refrain from doing so. Yeah, I was wondering what the joke would be this time because there's a lot of folk inspiration in this video game which is typically both the uh inspiration for stories and also for jokes so there, there could have been a three little pigs joke there could have been i mean my last name is wolf <laughs> just like the main character of this game there could have oh been my a God. joke there could have been a some sort of wolf there, joke. there could have been yeah but, but there wasn't. But an Among Us joke. That's where we were going with it. Well, I, the, I decided not to do an Among Us joke is the thing. I, I kept our listeners in mind. I decided to, uh, you know, be the good guy in this situation. You know, I really appreciate that because Among Us jokes, I kind of just don't get them. Because it has the cadence and delivery and tone of like, oh, this game came out and it was terrible and no one liked it. And that's why we're making fun of it. Mm-hmm. But everyone loves that game. I love that game. It's great. I think the joke just comes from how often Among Us jokes are made on Twitter. Right. Like but what, but where, they're, where are they coming from? Right? Like, th- yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. It's coming out like, oh, oh you know, remember that dud? It's like, dude, we li- <laughs> we like it. We're still playing it sometimes. It's... It works out. It's like a great game. And then yeah, they, they post like the character art and like it's funny because it was supposed to be funny. Like it was that's a successful joke they did. And then they're like, well, look at these little guys. It, I'm going to pretend they're minions. Like, no, we like them. And they're they're good character designs. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what we're making fun of. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's less making fun of it and more just... Uh... I don't know. I, I guess I don't know how I would explain it, because I don't necessarily see these jokes and think, oh, they're making fun of Among Us. I think, I think that if you asked a kid, like a little kid, mm-hmm. do you want to play Among Us? They'd be like, Among Us? And <laughs> Sounds then, pretty sus, bruh. And yeah, and then you'd say, okay, you said that like it's a joke, but like it's a game everyone likes, and why are you being mean to me? <laughs> I, you don't I, even know me you don't i thought i just recommended a game we could play to break the ice i don't understand what the joke is you come at me with this i'm a good guy man among us has brought a lot of happiness to a lot of people <laughs> yeah take that imaginary five-year-old it would be crazy if we just did an episode on among us though now that would be a joke because among <laughs> us being a pretty good video game is not a good Telltale video game. It That's fails every criteria. Among the worst. Yeah, it, I, I would say it's among the worst of Telltale's games. Among. Uh, wow! <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, The Wolf Among Us is what we're going to be talking about today. It's been a long time coming. I guess, yeah, yeah I, there's nothing more to say. <laughs> it just has been. Uh, I, We've been talking about it for a while. We've been talking about this. I was talking about this game as the game I really wanted to get to that I hadn't played yet in the Walking Dead era because I just we talked about this before. I didn't really assume that Walking Dead would be the the tone I'd be into. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but The Wolf Among Us, I always did think would be the tone I'd be into. I just never got around to playing it for whatever right. reason. It's like one of those games that I've been telling myself, ooh, I'm going to play that and I'm going to like it. And I've been telling myself that for nine years since it came out. <laughs> Has it really been that long? Wow. Well, it was released. Think that. What a great segue. Released on October 11th, 2013, directed by Nick Herman and Dennis Lenart, designed by Kaufman, Penny, and Lepresti, and written by Pierre Chorette and Ryan Kaufman. So we're looking at the first Telltale game that begins... Is this true? This is the first Telltale game we've covered that begins less than 10 years before we're recording this episode. Um... Within the last decade, this game is... I think so. Like, Walking Dead is on the fringe, but yeah, yeah. that's past the 10-year mark. I, I think that's true. Yeah, but this is well under a year less than a decade, so... Yeah. Pretty pretty modern game. Um, in, in fact, it was, it was so modern-looking when I first booted it up and remembered to set the resolution to the actual size of my computer screen uh, that I... I was taken aback because I'm so used to these Telltale games not looking like comparative to yeah contemporary stuff. Yeah, like I I love Walking Dead, but even then I think Walking Dead needed that remaster to like really look good. This just looks like it hasn't really aged a day. I I think this game I haven't played every Telltale game out there yet, but I think i'm confident when i say this is telltale's best looking game to like at least for me personally speaking batman looks pretty good batman does look pretty good but oh man the colors in this are yeah in they're incredible i think the only times that i think this game doesn't look the best is there's a couple blurry textures here and there but for the most part they're really good they're very crisp there's just like a newspaper here and there that mm-hmm. are a little blurry, but overall, oh man, I was I wrote it down in my notes like four times. I can't believe this looks so good. Yeah, it was one of those things where like the it launched on my computer. So I played this on PC. You played it on Xbox. Yeah. Um, it launched on my computer, and then the title screen had characters like walking around mm-hmm. in front of an abstract red black background thing. One of them was Bigby. I think one of them was Snow. Uh, who characters we will get back to. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they, they will be critical in the discussion of this episode. So I went into settings and I, I fixed the resolution, fixed the graphical quality to match what my computer is good at. And then I went back into the, the menu and it, I was just blown away immediately. Immediately just seeing the characters walk around. I was like, oh, this is not Telltale. But it is Telltale. <laughs> Telltale is just... I forget how recently they shut down. Because... Shutting down in 2018 means they had two years before the pandemic. That's a thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the longest four years of my adult life, for sure. Uh, you 2018, know, boy. One thought I had about the visuals in this game is sometimes it's really hard to tell when something is like a 2D illustration or a 3D model because it just blends so seamlessly a lot of the time. You know, like, character models obviously are going to look 3D just 
because they are. Yeah. But like a lot of background elements, like uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but like in the library, all this stuff in like the background, I was like, holy shit, this looks crazy. Well, we had that same thought in a different way uh, when we played Nelson Tethers. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're very good. I mean, I I assume that there's some like secret ingredient environment artist working on these games that we haven't been keeping track of the environment artists uh, as much as we have the designers and writers. And maybe that's been a mistake because I bet there is someone there who just like knows, hey, I got the secret sauce on how to make the backgrounds look real, real good. (laughs) Like like maybe pretend (laughs) somewhere in between a 2D and a 3D, you know, if you want that kind of thing. And then Telltale's Mr. Telltale says, I would love that kind of thing. And they make that kind of thing repeatedly. It's great. Man, they can make backgrounds like that and they have that voice. What can't they do? Yeah. Love, unfortunately. They're really jaded. <laughs> I've invented this person. <laughs> it's it's the only way they could make these backgrounds look so good. They just had to <laughs> sacrifice the love. Yeah, they Isaac Newton like uh swore off any romance in their life because they thought it would be a distraction. <laughs> um Um the Wolf Among Us, though, we should talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I guess while we're here. So The Wolf Among Us is not an original IP. Um, Telltale has only done a few of those. The poker games, uh, all three poker games. The Nelson Tethers games. It's about it, right? Um, right. Those are the only original IPs they've done. But... This game feels a lot like an original IP. It isn't, but it has that feeling. Like they've taken over this universe and told their own story. I don't know how much or how little this story matches up with the source material, but it does feel like Telltale's kind of given the responsibility of telling their own sort of... uh, story making their own sort of world out of it that's what i can tell but i also might be super wrong <laughs> yeah i i mean i'll just say straight up i've never read the comics so i've I absolutely never read are, the comics yeah i don't know if these are characters like from the comics or not but they really feel like if you told me that they just came up with these characters i would believe you because they do such a good job of like introducing them and introducing you to this world mm-hmm. so here's i did some research before i played the episode on the background of the the development of the game. Uh, So I I figure we should get into this. Fables is the name of the comic. Yeah. I, oh man, I didn't write down the creator's name. Uh, Do you happen to remember that? Uh, Um. Oh, actually, I'm Googling that. That's worth it. Uh, Fables comic. So I remember at the time they said we got... Bill Willingham. Bill Willingham. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I remember at the time this was announced, back in 2011, probably, Mm -hmm. um, it was the same day they announced that The Walking Dead would be making a thing. They they said, we got the rights to two comic books, and we're going to make games of them, The Walking Dead and Fables. And I had never heard of Fables before. I had heard of The Walking Dead, uh, but I'd never heard of Fables before, so I thought it was Fable, the Xbox game. Oh, uh, but no, it, it is not that it's not anything related <laughs> to that. Uh, no, Fables is a comic by Bill Willingham 
published by DC's Vertigo license. Um, and it ran originally from 2002 to 2015, so after this game came out, um, through the, the release of this game. And oh. guess what, Dustin? What? It comes back next month. In May of 2022. The comic? The comic? Yep, it's back in print, baby. Wow. Yeah, so I, I wonder if they're gonna do if they're gonna reprint the original or if it has uh things you can buy of it now because You think I didn't do research on this? I got you, buddy. What? Yeah. So the original comic was released in 150 or 151 issues. Those issues were collected into 22 trade paperbacks. Wow. But that's a lot. So what they've done more recently, starting in 2020 is they've released all of those things collected together into four compendiums. So you can buy four books that will comprise all of Fables, if you want. But all of it being the the run from 2002 to 2015, and won't include, obviously, um, the, the issue that comes out next month. Wow, four is clearly a smaller number than 20. And 150. <laughs> that's even smaller than 150 that's that's such a low number even someone like myself can get that many so it looks like there were a lot of spin-offs of the fables comic like any comic you know any comic mm-hmm. especially in dc's library they, they get tons of spin-offs and crossovers especially and especially a franchise like this that's just based off uh reinterpreting fairy tales there's that's just that's just so much room for stuff you can do with it last year 2021 there was an issue that was a crossover between bigby wolf and batman wow so i i looked into that because i wanted to know like is fables officially in the dc universe or not because that's that would be a big deal um Mm -hmm. turns out sort of not (laughs) yeah like there's no easy answers to any of that stuff right but um that does seem like a hard thing to make f- work inside, like, the same world as Batman and Superman and the like. Well, yeah, because this clearly takes place in a borough of New York. Yeah. Where Batman's universe, I don't think, has a New York, right? It has Gotham and Metropolis and cent- mm-hmm. uh, Central City. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have... I don't think it has real cities. I think. It might also have New York. I don't know how that works. Anyway, um, the the reason Big B and Batman were able to cross over is according to uh, the creator of Fables, he said there's enough cosmic shenanigans that go on later on in Fables, stuff that we don't know about yet as players of this video game and not readers of the comic, uh, that crossing over into the DC universe proper was not off the table even from the beginning. Mm. So that's what he says. So is it part of the DC universe? It's part of the DC multiverse, it seems. Uh, and then it's a specific universe within that multiverse. That makes sense. Sure, um, yeah. I believe Watchmen is the same sort of deal, right? Or it originally was? Right, I think so. I mean, Watchmen never used to be brought up in those conversations with, like, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, etc. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense to me. I think it has recently. I, I remember seeing some, uh, 
like crossover with the main Justice League and Watchmen. Yeah. As a result of some timeline shenanigans or whatever. I'm not a big comic book keeper upper with when I when I read them I like them, but I can't keep up. There's too many different trades out there. I can't who who knows what Spider-Man's currently going up to? It's 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 ridiculous. It's hard to keep up with. What nutty nonsense has Spider-Man gotten into today? If you wanted to oh. keep up with any one particular comic book universe, you probably have to read at least twenty different issues a month, right? Yeah, pro- probably. That's a lot. I don't even like to read one a month. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's probably less time than I spend playing video games, but it's. Yeah. And I guess if I was into comics as my number one thing, I would just do it. So I guess it's not crazy, but it is. I can play a little video games if I want to. It seems like there's no way to read a little comic book Mm -hmm. and, you know, keep up to any degree. You know, anyone that uses the phrase cosmic shenanigans, I like them. I might have I might have actually (laughs) repurposed that quote a little bit. He did. He did talk about cosmic stuff but uh i don't know if he said shenanigans oh <laughs> uh, that was the one word i was latching on to well that's that's your pal mitchell wolf uh the wolf among you is <laughs> proud better. to bring that to you so if you want to read fables and i kind of do um this game makes me very interested in this world it's a good sell right uh you can read you those four what? compendiums before this, I was just thinking, like, a few weeks ago, I was thinking about Shrek and how I was like, nowadays, what could you possibly do with fairy tale stories that hasn't already been done? Like, it, there's just no interesting angle to take them. And I guess I was wrong, because this does a great job of uh, reinterpreting them into a uh, a modern world in a way that's uh, very interesting. Well, this did come out, I think, the, the the comic came out the same year as Shrek, 2002, oh, right? Oh, yeah. that That's true. I, I guess I just meant in general, I couldn't think of, like, any other possible idea you could do. Yeah, uh, it turned out that ABC, I did a lot of research, it turned out that ABC <laughs> was going to make a show out of Fables. They were going to oh, adapt it into a live action show. But then they quietly canceled it, and then... Once Upon a Time was announced, which is an ABC show. Oh. Have you ever seen hmm. that show? I My mom really enjoys it. I, I haven't watched that much of it. I've seen a few episodes um, and not that's in That's the one order. that ties in. That's the one that, like, it ties in, like, Disney stuff, like Frozen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a very similar concept to this, and yeah. it's suspect that they greenlit that show right after canceling Fables. Um, yeah, I guess the Disney brand is just a little more marketable. Yeah, especially considering that, like, DC is owned by Warner Brothers now. Um, yeah. And Warner and Disney are kind of newfound rivals. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and, and that show is very much this kind of thing. Uh, fairy tale creatures and characters are living in the real world, but they're, like, masking themselves to not be caught, not be seen by the outside, and Snow White is is one of the main characters, and uh, and, and all that stuff. But Once Upon a Time is specifically like Disney versions of the fairy tales, and this is right. not. This is folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if I'd like Once Upon a Time. I do like Disney movies. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's very. 
the 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 episodes I've seen kind of make me think like, oh, I might be able to get into this trash, but also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the it, it does seem very like teen drama, uh, yeah, like CW show a little bit. Yeah, that I'm not so into. Yeah, those I have not been able to convince myself to keep watching the Riverdales of the <laughs> world and and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what I found out about Fables. And this game is notably not just a game set within Fables, but is a prequel to the comic. That's such a good call. You don't need to know anything about it going in. You don't need to know anything about going in. In fact, it can be a very good, I imagine, stepping stone to start reading the comic. The the character of Bigby Wolf is a main character of the comic and is the main character of uh, of this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to ask you, Dustin. Uh, go ahead and ask. What'd you think? I I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was wonderful. And like, this was the one episode of this game that I had played before. So, you know, I was a little... Fa- I, I didn't really remember anything that happened, but I remembered a few things here and there. Uh, but I feel like I enjoyed it more this time. Uh, I don't know why, but that... That's just kind of the thought I had. I was like, at the, t- I mean, at the time, I feel like I didn't like it enough to continue it. That was the one episode I played. But now I'm like, I can't wait to jump into the next episode. Yeah, there's always sort of a, whenever anyone doesn't finish something they start, some sometimes they'll say, no, I just didn't like it. But sometimes they'll say, and I think you did say this. Um, yeah, I don't know why I didn't finish. Finish. I just, I just forgot about it, and I, I didn't. Yeah, finish. I guess other stuff. There's, there's been many times where I'm like in the middle of a game, and then like, you know, another game that I've really been interested in comes up, and I just get distracted over to the other one. So maybe that's what happened. This, yeah. yeah, it was years ago. Well, I wonder sometimes about the legitimacy of of feeling that way. Not that I don't think you do, but I think maybe subconsciously. Maybe there's some truth to the idea of like, well, if you didn't keep watching it, maybe you just didn't like it enough. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe you did. Maybe I, maybe that's yeah. Not sometimes how it is. you just get distracted. Yeah, I, I mean, I d- didn't even start for nine years, so you did more than me. <laughs> um, Thanks. <laughs> yeah, um, I like this a lot. I think that I have one sort of criticism of it okay that we'll get into but for the most part i i really enjoyed it it was a it was a major step up from csi hard evidence and that's what it needed to do that's that's the (laughs) that's the bar it needed to hop that was the one thing it needed to do and it was it just did it effortlessly yeah (laughs) i i I, with no with no issues (laughs) (laughs) um one thing i really liked and like this was something I noticed, like, maybe 20 minutes in. I was like, I am just so immediately immersed in this world, and I like what they're doing with it. I like these characters. Mm-hmm. Like, right off the bat, I'm like, oh, I like these characters. I like this interpretation of these fairy tale characters. Fairy tale creatures. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I would probably like this comic a lot. Again, yeah. I'm not much of a comic guy, so I don't think I'll read it. But I am interested in playing the rest of this game and its sequel, potentially. 
Uh, I love comics. We'll do I it. just don't. I love comics. I just don't have the time to sit down and focus. Yeah, I, I, I got I got. I try to make my own comics rather than like reading others. So I really need to make some time to sit down and read some more. I mean, I was looking at some of the uh, some of the issues of Fables. This kind of does look up your alley. Um, I mean, if it looks like the game, then yeah, I'm already sold. I I was just immediately wowed by how it looks. Just the way the colors pop. Like, I love Walking Dead, but I don't think I would consider how it looks to be a reason why. But this, I'm just like, the harsh black shadows and the vibrant uh, colors that contrast them. Oh, it's, it's just... It, it reminds me of uh, the artwork for Majora's Mask, which is a look I really enjoy. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, I don't think they call it graphic black in everything that they make, but Telltale mm. does eventually veer very hard toward this graphic black aesthetic that I think starts in full with this game and then sort of goes to the later seasons of The Walking Dead and then uh, the remasters of Batman. Yeah. Uh, they, they've they developed this thing that they really like doing. And all three of those are based on comics. So I, I think mm-hmm. it's very comic inspired. This is the first game that I've played with Graphic Black on that was actually designed for it. Because we played oh, it. Uh, is the, it like a setting? No, 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 no. I, I'm just saying we play. I played some of The Walking Dead with it on. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we talked about that, like how it was kind of cool, but it was very clearly not the intention of Mm -hmm. season one, at least. With this, like, there's certain elements of the background. And uh, at one point, Bigby's in a kitchen, and the shadows in the kitchen are, like, getting rid of every detail on the wall, except for, like, some notes and stuff that are pinned up. And, like, that's perfect. It really looks good. It, uh, It looks really, really great. It accentuates the tone a lot. Uh, everything's just a primary color or black. It's fantastic. Um, I think the tone of this game is its strongest aspect. Yeah. Um, I, more I than characters, more than that. plot. It, the the tone. the The game starts off with Big uh, Bigby, who is the big bad wolf. Should we? T- oh, I guess we should. We should back up a little bit. Um, it, okay. it gives you a starting screen with some text on it that kind of like Star Wars intro scrawl describes the world you're living in, which is modern day minus about 20 years, right? Uh, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And there's a borough in New York where all of the fairy tale creatures that have existed because they can't die very easily. Um, have immigrated to and they're all just kind of living there now yeah i i will say that's maybe one thing that's a little uh murky for me is just like because we see we have characters who die in this but it looks like other things that would kill a normal person yeah don't necessarily kill these fairy tale people and like i i get it well enough but it is just kind of something that was in the back of my head like hmm what what would definitely kill these people yeah it's it's murky right because at one point very early on uh the big bad wolf gets in a tussle with the woodsman both characters originating from the story of little red riding hood right 
Yeah. Um, and there's this other girl there that the woodsman was like beating up. And at one point, uh, in order to save Bigby, the girl throws an axe, the woodsman's axe, right into the back of his head. Yeah, that if this was The Walking Dead, this person would be done for. They'd be dead. But he's like immediately like getting up and still kind of staggering around. Yeah, and the girl like like he falls over and then the girl like stomps the axe further into his head. Yeah. Uh, this this game is, is immediately very gross. But <laughs> um but like that doesn't even do it. He's fine later. Yeah, he's he's just he, I mean, he's beat up. It it obviously is he doesn't enjoy having this axe in his head. Sure. But yeah. he's still alive. Yeah, like it was a big blow to have an axe in his head. He didn't like it. Um, yeah. Oh, and all this happened because he got called over by Mr. Toad, and that kind of sets up, that kind of informs you that uh, they use something called glamour to kind of hide their appearance uh, yeah. to look human in the real world. But Mr. Toad is conveniently uh, out. Yeah, so the, the concept of glamour is really interesting. Apparently there's these witches in the world somewhere who mm-hmm. are able to cast a spell called glamour to mask your your visage as a fairy tale cr- creature into a human looking um disguise so bigby has glamour cast on him and he just he doesn't look like a wolf he looks just like a guy yeah um and mr toad does not so he's looking like a whole ass toad out here um <laughs> just looking like a like a standy uppy humanoid toad and that's when i realized i was gonna love this (laughs) well like the first the first uh conflict in the game is bigby talking to mr toad and saying dude you were outside you can't be outside you're not supposed to be you need to get go see a witch have you seen yourself you look like a toad yeah bigby talks like oh there's a (laughs) you look like a silly toad you look like a toad you can be outside that's Mario. Yeah, it's, uh, Bigby is voiced by Talking Mario. to Toad. What fairy tale is Mr. Toad from? Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. That's or, not a uh, fairy tale. That's a, that's uh, a... What's it called? Uh, the Wind in the Willows, I think it's called. Okay. It, it's, it's what Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is based on. Okay. And that is a folktale that's not like a Disney original? Yes. Okay, so there's a badger I in assume, that as well that I assume I think, is important. Yeah. I think I never saw it. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah. So he's he's there. He's looking toadly. He's looking out sticking out like a toad. In a you know, if you saw a giant toad, you'd you'd ask a question, and that's what they don't want to do. They want to keep it secret. So Bigby's saying, like, I don't care how expensive it is introducing this like prospect of like, ooh, you gotta pay to have the right to be seen in public because you have to pay for glamour at one of these witches. Mm-hmm. I don't care how expensive it, it is. You need to go get glamour. Uh, and the toad's like, yeah, do you know how much money it takes to glam- uh, keep glamour for an entire family? And uh, Yeah, and that, yeah. I, I get it. I That makes sense. And why would you want him to not look like a toad? I, I would, <laughs> it would suck if he were a human. Yeah, this is where our bias of people who think that looks great uh, really shines through. <laughs> Because that's true, I can see the the practical aspect of not looking like a toad, but 
Come on. <laughs> it's pretty good. When yeah, you look like a toad. You're a toad. You'd, you'd immediately be my best friend. So the toad is the one that called you over to check on the woodsman. He's drunk as hell. He's beaten up this woman. Um, and Bigby, with the woman's help with the axe in the woodsman's head, uh, eventually fights him off. And he's talking to this woman. Bigby doesn't get any information out of her. Every question she, uh, he asks her, she's like, my lips are sealed. And that's just what she says. And that's it. And then at one point she says, what do you think of my ribbon? Do you like my cool ribbon? Around her neck. <laughs> Very pretty. <laughs> uh, was there an option to say something about that ribbon? The, I think I said, you're, you're changing the subject. <laughs> I think I did too. Which is true. She was. I don't care about your ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Anyway. So it was at this point where I knew what her deal was a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because of the story of the girl... You've heard this, right? You know what this is about or referencing? The ribbon? Uh, no. Well, there's the story of a girl who, like, uh, is wearing a ribbon around her neck all the time. And a boy Mm -hmm. says, hey, why do you wear that ribbon around your neck all the time? And she says, I don't really want you to ask me about that ribbon. (laughs) Not yet. It's not time. But maybe later I'll tell you about the ribbon. And then, later. and then as they grow old together and he eventually asks her out and then he asks her to marry him and she does. And on their wedding night, he goes, okay, so w- for real, what's the ribbon about? <laughs> <laughs> and the girl says, I can't tell you yet. I, it's not time. And then they grow old together. And as an elderly woman, she goes, okay, you want to know what the ribbon's about? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Show me. What's, what's the ribbon all about? And she takes the ribbon off and her head falls off. Oh. Yeah, whoops. I mean that's the story. That's like a like a scary campfire deal. That's crazy. I thought I think that is what the reference was and I thought because they were very careful not to give her a name. They didn't uh-huh. give her a name. She didn't let her, uh they didn't let her say her own name to Big B at this point. You find it out later and it's Faith or Donkey Skin. <laughs> <laughs> Take your pick. Take your pick. You can call her Faith or you can call her Donkey Skin. Um, but she doesn't say this at the point probably because it's like yeah I wouldn't Uh, (laughs) but uh, I assumed that the fable she was from was this was the story with the ribbon because she showed the the ribbon around her neck Um, Mm. but I think it was more of an homage because Big B goes (laughs) home talks with his buddy Colin the pig one of the three little pigs who he blew their house down um, yeah, so he lived in a place called the farm, which is where they keep uh, these fables who can't pass for human. Uh, mm-hmm. So he always escapes from there, and so he's just hiding out at Big Bigby's place. Yeah, it's like a morality play that he's forcing on Bigby. It's like, hey, you were an asshole when we were still in fable land. You blew my house down. That's not very cool. You blew my house down, so I don't have a house, so I have to stay at your house. Those are the rules. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you bigby goes home and talks with colin for a while and then he goes downstairs um at the behest of snow white who shows up uh and snow white just goes hey bigby you gotta see this and there's a head on the doorstep of the the hotel that they live in not hotel like an apartment building um and the head is that girl 
Whoops. So that that's, I think, what the ribbon homage was kind of about. I could see that. Um, but it wasn't... We find out later that she's got her own whole fable that has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Like, that never crossed my mind, but that's only just because I've never heard that story before. That's surprising to me. I thought that was one of the, like... One of the ones they they it's did a, a, a parody of it on Saturday Night Live like a week or two ago, not a week or two, maybe like a month ago. That still seems very recent. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, the story's not getting any younger or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there on a on Saturday Night Live, it was Sarah Squirm. She played this character of a girl that like was getting hot and heavy with this guy, and this guy goes. Hey girl, what's your what's your ribbon all about? Take that off. Take it all off. And then she goes, "Do you really want to see what's under this ribbon?" And like they're totally like projecting this story of her head's going to fall off. And he's uh-huh. like, "Yeah, I want to see what's under your ribbon." And she takes the ribbon off and she's got like little meatball men all over her body. They got like little faces and they sing songs about being meatball men. And that's Ew. just what it is. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I wouldn't have seen that coming either. I to- her name's Sarah Squirm. You said. I th- I mean her her uh yeah. What a name! I think it's Sherman on like her officially titled credit is Sarah Sherman, but she's uh been in the comedy scene for a little while as Sarah Squirm. Squirm is funnier. Squirm is funnier. I think that is at least part of why she does that. Yeah, that that's what got me interested. I was like, Sarah Squirm, wow. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm on your level now. <laughs> so this is the mystery. Uh, this girl who Bigby saw very recently has lost her entire body. She's now a dead, <laughs> deceased head. Yeah, she's now just a head and she's not good at it. <laughs> she's not the best, I'll say that. Yeah, it's very difficult to kill... A fable. They made a point of showing that when the woodsman didn't die from having that uh, axe deep in his skull. But this girl, she she did it. She died. Yeah, uh, apparently losing your head is what'll do it. And I guess that makes sense. So there was a choice earlier in this episode, before this point, when you were still talking to her when she was alive, uh, where she insists that the woodsman owed her a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's revealed at this point, like she might have been a prostitute. Yeah. Um, you have about a hundred bucks on your person. You can choose to give her that money or not. Did you give her the money? I think I tried to give her the money, and she was like, "Nah, don't worry about it." Oh, okay. I did not. You just said this is mine. I gotta buy some suckers later. I I earnestly did not interpret it to be my problem (laughs) yeah yeah you know i i get that i was just trying to be nice (laughs) yeah this is this is digital money what am i gonna do with it well i was thinking about what we were talking about during um playing as lee through the walking dead we we are both such boy scouts when it comes to like morality games Uh Uh, We're not going to do the mean thing or the the dangerous thing a lot of the time. We're just going to be like nice guy Lee whenever we can. Right. Bigby does not strike me as the same kind of thing Lee is. um, I I had this exact same thought while playing. I'm cooler being a little meaner 
as Bigby. Yeah, that that's... I feel like when I first started, I was still trying to play the nice guy, and then it did hit me that I was like, no, Bigby isn't a nice guy. And I think the way I tried to play him throughout was uh, he starts out okay until you start pissing him off. Then he's like, all right, well, fuck this. Yeah. Um, when Colin, the pig who lives in Bigby's apartment, is talking to you, and he's kind of like riding you a little bit, he goes... Bigby, you know, people are scared of you. You ate a lot of people back in the day. You're a scary wolf, man. You ate a lot of people back in your day. It's... That's a weird thing to hear. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, he did eat Little Red Riding Hood's grandma, I guess. Yeah. That's part of the story. He ate two, he ate Colin's brothers, I think. I think that's what they're um, implying here. I mean, that that is know, what because... the story is. Well, Colin is the pig in the house of straw. He would have been one of the ones who had his house blown down. Mm. The The pig with the brick house is the one who was safe. And the story goes that, or, well, I guess it can be interpreted in different ways. I know some stories, after he blows the house down, he eats the pig in the house. But some stories have the pig go over to the other brother's house. But, yeah, this is the first pig in the one with the House of Straws. So. How do you know that? Did they say that he's the first it, one? It, it says in the uh, little character bios you unlock. Those are cool, Correct. by the way. I love those. I, as soon as I saw those, I was like, yes, this is the shit I love to mm-hmm. see. Just character bios. Just in, more information about each character and, like, the yeah. world you're living in. Some of them are about concepts more. Uh, more than characters. Mm-hmm. Like, gl- there's one for glamour. There's one for the, the burrow you're in. Uh, yeah cool stuff it's awesome love it uh so i have in my notes here when i when i saw the ribbon on her neck i go ribbon head fall off and then (laughs) head head did fall off i was right did well it didn't fall off until it was cut off well it was cut off and then it fell fell. yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah It, it didn't just decide to fall off so Colin at one point asks you for a drink, at which point you can finish your drink and not give him one, which I thought was awesome, and so I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I That's at the point where I was like, well, I'm not that mean. But, you know, Bigby was kind of like, here you go, shut up and let me sleep. Well, to me, it's just like, Colin, get your own drink. We're in the same one apartment you've been sleeping. If you're thirsty... With what hands? Oh, come on. He's a pig. He should be wearing glamour. If you... <laughs> he... <laughs> Well, I, I think the point is, they make it a point to say, people... Or fairy tale creatures that do not have access to glamour or can't pass as human go to the farm. He threatens Toad with that. He says, look, Toad, if you can't have your glamour, you're going up to the farm. So I'm guessing there's some reason that he just can't use glamour. Uh, and, you know, he has to ask Bigby to light his cigarette. Mm-hmm. Um. No, wait. No, he so, doesn't. He Bigby does light his cigarette, but I don't he think... He says, got a light? Does he say got a light? I think he says yeah. got a smoke and then Bigby gives him the cigarette and then just lights it just out like automatically. Maybe that could be. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. He's he's asking for his cigarettes cuz he just he just wants all of his stuff. <laughs> he's just asking for all the stuff. <laughs> give me a drink, give me a cigarette. Yeah, I'm thirsty and also want smoke in me. <laughs> the opposite of thirsty. <laughs> also 
Also, get a washcloth. I need a bath. Yeah, I'm so, I've got so many problems, Bigby. It's all your fault. <laughs> and if you could turn the TV on, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, there's some things he can for sure do. <laughs> um, I I like that Bigby just lives in this rundown apartment. Like his apartment sucks. Like the wallpaper mm-hmm. is ripped. Um. It made me uh, feel for him a little more than I would have, because I see that and I'm like, I also live in an apartment, but wow, <laughs> look how bad this is. Um, I, I guess I was just, uh, I don't know why, I guess maybe just after so much Walking Dead and CSI, it just hit me that I was like, wow, this guy lives in an apartment just like I do. <laughs> uh, wait, Walking Dead and CSI, there, there's apartments in those. Yeah, but you're not, like, living in them. Sure. Yeah, this guy lives in an apartment. Um, I live in a house currently, but I'm going to be living in an apartment soon. And I was living in an apartment previously. So I guess you could say I understand that life. You will soon relate to it. I will soon, as I once did, relate to Bigby Wolf, my <laughs> cousin. You picked the wrong time to play it. So, once Snow White and by the way in case we haven't said this i think it's obvious but big b wolf is big bad wolf the big the b in big b stands for bad it's pretty good <laughs> that that takes some thinking yeah that's a, a little it's a little lateral one we haven't brought that up and we're 50 <laughs> minutes into the podcast so i just thought we'd talk about it it works it's, it's a little obvious but i mean it works well enough as a name yeah, and of course, this is one of the aspects of the game that has uh, it has to take its cue from the comics. Right. Yeah. Um, so, the, the majority of the game that takes place after this is, is sort of the, the body of the game. You're going around, you're trying to convince, uh, collect evidence about what happened, anything that can put you closer to identifying this girl, um, and you're doing so with Snow White. She's like... She's an, she's a, an assistant to the mayor, but as you, Big B Wolf, is the sheriff, she, she's kind of like your right-hand man, too. Yeah, and Ichabod Crane is the deputy mayor. They say Old King Cole is the mayor, but he's out of town, and so Ichabod Crane is stepping up. Right, yeah. Ichabod Crane is the, the acting mayor, and he's just a real sleazeball, it seems. Um, yeah, he's a he's a jerk. He's mean. It does sound like he is dedicated to his job. It, it's not like he's some, like... Kind of. Lazy ass. Yeah. Well, it, I don't they know. They say, even though, even though he... In his bio, it says he's dedicated to his job, even if he's not always good at it. Well, he's, like, in the middle of the day, once this big... The idea of a murder in Fabletown happening is mm-hmm. um, exceedingly rare for everyone here. Like, they, they don't believe a murder could have happened um i don't know if i buy that necessarily given the kind of unsavory types who live in this town this seems like i, I don't want to say it's gonna happen every day but it does seem like it it wouldn't be like that rare but it is well i think the reason it a, doesn't is just because of how hard it is to kill these people oh you know what that makes perfect sense yeah yeah i mean they can survive axes to the head yeah, like that stuff is, seems to be happening regularly, which is why it's such yeah. a seedy uh, place. But because it's so hard to kill someone, then they they just don't die. 
it, yeah. basically it looks like your head needs to come off it as far as we the players the audience of this are aware that might be the only way to die yeah i mean i can't think of anything else maybe like yeah i i guess having your brain separated from the rest of your body makes sense it can if it's still in there but it gets injured i guess they can use their fable magic to heal faster, I guess. Right, yeah. Um, so there's a... We also meet... We meet Buffkin in the library, and he's great. Yeah, so they go to the library, which is, uh, I guess, where the mayor works out of... <laughs> the mayor works out of a library. Um, where uh, Snow White orders Buffkin, this flying monkey that I don't know the fairy tale it's from. Wizard of Oz. Oh, is... it? Okay. Yeah, it says in the bio. It says in the bio he's one of the flying monkeys from Oz. Do they name Buffkin in the Wizard of Oz? Is I don't know. Is that a name flying I, monkey? I don't. I maybe in the books. He's also green. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's interesting. He's there's look, some choices with a, Buffkin. You put a monkey in your game. I'm on your side. And his eyes are 100% pupil. Like his whole yeah. deal is very strange and off-putting to me. But <laughs> he is <laughs> but a flying monkey named Buffkin. He's great. He's helping you out, even though he's he takes Ichabod's wine and you know he likes to get drunk. But he's helping. He's mm-hmm. looking through these books. Yeah. So there's there's a few books that basically contain all the fables that the fable people are from. Uh, so they're looking through all the stories, trying to figure out, okay, who is this person? And you find out that her name is Donkey Skin. It's a woman named Donkey <laughs> Skin. Uh, there's a real sob story about, like, the queen made... There was a queen, and she made the king, her husband, promise when she was about to die that if he ever got remarried, he would only get remarried to anyone as pretty as her. Which is a strange dying request. Yeah, it's it's out there. Uh, <laughs> and it turned out the only person as pretty as the queen was their daughter. Uh, oh. So their daughter, in an effort to not marry her father because grody, uh, got this magic donkey skin cloak that when she put it on, she would be transformed into the vid- visage of just a real uggo. Just a real, real uggo. In order to not have to um, be, you know, hounded for her beauty. Right. And then she found a prince, Prince Lawrence, who could see past the ugliness and loved her for her or, or whatever. And they ran off together <laughs> and whatever. lived in uh, ha- happily ever after. That's the story <laughs> of they didn't. Donkey Skin. She also goes by Faith, which I think is a better name. Well, it's not as fun to say. Yeah, and that way it's actually worse. So for her, it's better. For me, it is yeah. worse. Donkey skin. I've written donkey skin everywhere in my notes that I could refer to her. <laughs> donkey skin. Um, or also known as ass skin. Uh, Buffkin. Oh yeah, makes Buffkin a point gets a note. big laugh out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so there's three places you can go at this point. Uh, after the library. Because the magic mirror, there's a magic mirror there that is mirror, mirror on the wall, that whole deal. I love that. I I love that whole scene where he's like, you gotta do it by the rules, you gotta do the rhyme. Yeah, if you ask me a question, you gotta do the rhyme. Come on. So, Big B Wolf says 
Mirror, mirror, if you're able, can you tell me about this fable? And the mirror will give him the whereabouts approximately and the action, the current things they're doing of any fable he asks them about. So he asks them about the woodsman who's like teetering toward a bar uh, in downtown. He asks mm-hmm. the mirror about um, Faith, donkey skin. Uh, who's dead. He asked the mirror about Prince Lawrence, uh, Faith's husband, who they say in a very CSAI kind of way, like they can't cross him off the list yet of people who might have done this. Yeah. And then also they hear, um, they get a phone call from Mr. Toad that that they got to come back to the apartment building because something's going on there. Which one did you choose to do first? Mr. Toad. I also did Mr. Toad. And I agreed, it was exactly what Bigby said was my line of thinking. He was like, look, Mr. Toad sounds like he needs our help now. Yeah. Lawrence can wait. Faith is already dead. Turns out exactly the opposite of what is true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mr. Toad could have waited way more um, because he was not in any current danger. Lawrence needed probably some assistance like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, yeah, do you want to talk about Mr. Toad first? Um, You go there. Yeah. And um, you you start looking around Mr. Toad's apartment, even though he tells you repeatedly to not do that. And you find out that there was an altercation there. And well, you also see somebody up in uh, the room upstairs where they where uh, Bigby and uh, the woodsman fell out of. You see someone kind of messing around up in the woodsman's room up there. Yeah. And you're like, hey, what are you doing? And then he's like, oh, and then he runs away. And you don't get a good look at who it is. This this specific character um, who is later revealed revealed to be either Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Um annoys me a lot it's just they're too slippery (laughs) too slippery for me too slippery for uh for this kind of character they're like a big egg with tiny legs which is how they're depicted in the disney movie as well um yeah i like i like these guys yeah same i they just do such a good job of like reinterpreting these characters into this world and setting i i'm excited whenever they pop up yeah, it, it is weird, though, like, what they're considering a fable. Because Alice in Wonderland is not a folktale. It's, you know, it's it a was book. a specific book. I guess Wizard of Oz is the same way. Um, it, it's a specific book from, like, less than 200 years ago. It's not that ancient. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is strange that it's get, getting lumped in here with concepts like Going by the Disney Big rules. Bad Wolf or Snow White yeah. or whatever. Um, just going by Disney rules, I guess. Alice in Wonderland, that's one of them. Yeah, so Toad has Toad Jr. here. And Snow White is a very kind person and tries to like distract Toad Jr. by feigning interest in his inse- uh, insect collection. <laughs> to which he responds, <laughs> oh. I've got a weevil. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, you got a weevil? <laughs> like the stuff I, I kill mm. from my rice? all the time <laughs> on her phone while he's talking about <laughs> that, that would be <laughs> that i would maybe like that character more but she's showing genuine kindness and i think you're, yeah. you're trying to to get the player to really like snow white here yeah she's good with kids mm-hmm. uh because she has practiced being good with small people i guess that's true um 
so you find out that Tweedledee or Tweedledum, the Tweedles both, um, had an altercation so this, with Mr. Toad. This one specifically is Tweedledee. Tweedledee. Yeah, because we find there's a whole scene with him and Bigby later where Tweedledum comes in. Yeah. Um, and they they hurt Mr. Toad pretty bad. They got his head bleeding. Uh, they said if he tells anyone, the Tweedles would kill Toad Jr. And Mr. Toad doesn't I, like that. He likes his son. Yeah, I like this scene a lot because the whole time it's gearing you up to be like, this shit-stained Toad is hiding something and I'm going to figure out what it is and kick his ass. And then you find out it's just because he's a good dad who doesn't yeah. want his son hurt. Yeah, it, it, because when you come in there, it, it, uh, Toad Jr. is crying. So it looks maybe like the dad was beating up the son or something yeah. like that. Like, I was worried. I was worried that's what it was going to be. They've done I was like, no, stuff. I like this Toad. Don't, don't take him down this. Yeah, they, they, they've hinted at some pretty bad stuff in this already. So, like, I was getting ready to believe, oh, they could show that. But yeah. uh, they didn't mm-hmm. show that quite. Uh, it was a it was a different thing. So that's the Mr. Toad scene. What you do while you're doing that first, what happens that you're missing, is Prince Lawrence killing himself. Uh, so yeah. that's that's Whoops. one more death added to the total of Fable Town, a place that has had no murders in like a hundred years or whatever. Yeah, this is an interesting one too, because you you go there. And it's not really clear how he died because he has a big hole in his head, but he's like still alive. You you talk to him before he dies. Yeah. Um. So and you know the knife is there. There's the gun that's there. He has uh, sleeping pills. It could have been any of these. Uh. So it's 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 interesting, and I do wonder. How it would have went down if you had gone to see him first. Well, I know for a fact he doesn't have to die. Yeah, it the, it tells you in the results. Yeah. It's like, did you let him live or die? And I was like, well, I guess I let him die. Yeah, on the results page for this, it, it's like the worst result you could possibly see. Uh, on the results page for, for this, it says, you and however many people did not prevent Lawrence from dying. Whoops. Yep. Um... <laughs> It, and I think that is, I have to assume it's only a factor of if you went to Lawrence before Toad. Yeah, I, I would assume. That's the only thing I can think of. I wonder how I did it back when I first played it. Because I, I don't remember anything about when I did it the first time. That was like back in 2014, mm-hmm. I think. So I, I wonder if I did go there first and uh, stop him. I wonder if uh, Toad Jr. dies if you do the other one. Yeah, I I re- wonder what the outcome would have been if you uh, did. And I'll I'll just say it right here: if I had to pick between the two, I'm saving uh, the Toad. I'm saving TJ. Yeah, Lawrence seems like I a do. good guy, but we don't know him yet. So yeah, t- t- uh, Lawrence is not a, a Toad man. Lawrence so is not a loses. Toad boy, so uh, he's he's won no points with me. <laughs> uh, and I guess he didn't have a chance to earn any points. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see what happens there. I'm thinking maybe I might replay it, but I don't want to mess with the save file. I want the save file to be the my honest decisions. Yeah, I think you can start a new save file. I think you can. I, I don't know how it works on Steam, but I think on Xbox you can. There's like multiple save files. Like for the whole season? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my, I might try that. 
No, I won't. You know what? I won't do it. One funny. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta play this uh, enough already. Yeah. I would, can't imagine going through it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one thing I did notice in uh, Prince Lords's house uh, on his TV. Did you hear what they were playing? Yup. And th- there's two times <laughs> they do this. This is the first time. So he's watching. Um, uh, what what is it called? Uh, Midtown Midtown Cowboys. Cowboys. It's got Mr. You, Feathery you in the, it and everything. Prob- <laughs> yeah, you hear the, they're probably hiding a cow. You hear the jingle, and then if you listen to it later, you hear Sam talk to Mr. Featherly. That's, I I can see that taking someone out of the game, but I was like, yeah. Well, I mean, it did, it took me out of the, I was definitely only thinking about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's a softening of the fact that we let this guy die. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, sure, this guy's dead, but Sam and Max, This huh? guy's dead. It probably had something to do with my timing. So that's a bummer. <laughs> but they are probably hiding a cow. Which which I think <laughs> is a great metaphor for fables, right? This is yeah, a town about hiding, hiding a cow. A cow. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Sam and Max, something I was thinking of earlier after I played this game, I really wish they were able to do another Sam and Max where they could use this art style. Because one style. thing about, well, I guess not this specific art style, but like uh, how Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us so perfectly captures the look of a comic. Imagine that with Sam and Max with like uh, drawn outlines on them because Sam and Max was a comic. That would, I, I was just thinking this whole time it would be great if Sam and Max had like outlines. Yeah, well, they do um, have outlines in the remaster. That's they're light true. outlines. They're very light. It's a subtle effect yeah, I, because it's a remake. But yeah I, yeah, I wish they could go all in on it. Though. They'd have to redo it from the ground up. Yeah, which I I understand. I understand that's a lot of work. They can't feasibly do something like that. But I would really like to see a Sam and Max that looked that had an effect like this. Well, maybe that's what Skunk Ape is working on next. Who knows? <laughs> um. So. You find a letter from uh, from Prince Lawrence that basically is addressed to Faith, saying uh, he'll see her soon. He's getting ready to kill himself, it seems. Uh, it, it's all pointed toward that. There's a knife and there's a gun. The bullet yeah. hole, if he shot himself, there was a bullet in the wall, which gave me real CSI flashbacks. Right? I, I was thinking <laughs> the exact same thing. I was like, finally, I can do this in a good game. Yeah, and like he just sort of takes it out of the wall and puts it in his pocket. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's the I, ease I hope of there's not f- <laughs> what we should be doing. I, I hope there's not fucking eight more. I hope I don't need to randomly compare these in a microscope. <laughs> Uh, and he just like to- puts his own fingerprint on it and tosses it in his pocket with all the lint and stuff. That's detective work. That's that good yeah, shit. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I I think Snow even mentions that she's like fingerprints, and he says, "Yeah, they're probably on the handle and the trigger. I can hold it by the by the nozzle, whatever." Yeah, <laughs> that it's such a spit in the face of everything Gil Grissom stands for. <laughs> He would be shaking his head in disapproval right now. He would say, that's going to cost you some points. So the third thing to uh, to meet up with after Mr. Toad and Prince Lawrence is uh, the woodsman. What's he up to? Mm-hmm. So you, you follow him to the bar he's at, and it takes 
some convincing to get them to admit well they don't admit the there's a, a bartender holly and this guy at the bar named gren neither of mm. them admit to um knowing about the woodsman's whereabouts but he's just in the bathroom and he comes out given enough time well but before this let's rewind a little bit because uh i i just want to uh mention one other thing that happens real fast is uh tweedledee was in the closet right i forgot Prince about Lawrence. this whole thing you're right yeah um and you know you have this big chase uh i felt like this was a good spot for a, a scene like this a, a big action scene because it felt like for a while we were doing a lot of the investigation stuff and i i was kind of feeling like well when's something really big gonna happen and then we get this chase with uh Tweedledee, and it was uh well placed you know not a lot to it you're just doing the quick time events uh moving left right and all the others uh but it's good. And then uh, you chase him into an alley where you get sucker punched and knocked out by Tweedledum. Yeah. Uh, they are a fantastic pair of villains. I hate them. Uh, they're very <laughs> frustrating. Uh, Tweedledee explains that Prince Lawrence killed himself when he got there and he had to watch it happen. And he says that he's like this private eye. But also, he's definitely not being on the level about it. Yeah, he he's definitely played as not on your side here, but he is saying he's uh, a private eye of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, so yeah, yeah. So then at the bar, um, yeah. the office song from Sam and Max is playing in the background of this bar. Wow, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear that. That what, just, what a great re- just wow. salmon just just salmon max's office yeah Ba-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. that that song that's wow. playing in the in the bar yeah i didn't i didn't even uh notice it's like a there remix is... of it but oh, it has i'll have to melody. go back and listen to it that's awesome yeah um another little salmon max reference but uh one we're already familiar with uh some banang on prince lawrence's fridge great 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 um, yeah, this is I'd love to see it. If you think about what Sam and Max are, they're animal people living in New York, and they are detectives. They they should meet up with Big B all the time. If what a what a know, crossover! If it's in the same universe, why not have it in the same universe? There's Benning. There's there. There's only room for one canine detective. There there's a lot of similarity in tone going on here. Like, yeah. this is obviously a lot drier, a lot more serious, a lot more grimdark, but Sam would kind of fit in in this world. He needs yeah. to have his glamour cast on him. Oh, I don't like that. Let him be a big dog. Maybe, maybe in this time it's virtual. I would say maybe in the next Sam and Max, but I didn't play this time it's virtual. It might happen there. Maybe they make a joke about needing glamour <laughs> in order to sneak into a place or something. A little wink. To the audience just a, a polite little nod of understanding that yes i also played the wolf among us <laughs> i'm part of the elite um so for a while it looks like it's fine like the woodsman and bigby are kind of talking it through he's not as drunk anymore yeah um i was hoping this wouldn't go south <laughs> yeah i mean it, you kind of know it's going to but it looked fine yeah. for a little while uh, and the woodsman was giving this backstory on like the real what happenings of Little Red Riding Hood. He was gonna rob Little Red Riding Hood, 
and he had no intention of fighting a wolf about it. Um, but he just showed up at the right place at the right time, and then he got all the credit for it, and that's sort of how that went. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then he's informed, he didn't know this, he says, that uh, the girl died, that her head was cut off. And he realizes... Red Riding how- no, no, the the girl, the the oh right, right, doggy right. skin. I thought we were still talking. Well, that's something I was curious about because Big B does say that Red Riding Hood didn't make it out. Ma- yeah, out of what? I-, I guess when the exodus to uh, where they're living now in these, uh, she didn't make it out of Fable World or whatever. Um, they don't really go into it, um, but I was curious. Yeah, this is one of the things that I'm maybe at a bit of a disadvantage with, with not having read the comics. What, mm-hmm. how into it do they go? Like, do they explain exactly what Fable Land was and what Fable Town is comparatively? How they left the concept of stories into the real world? Do they ever go into it or do they just leave it vague? Um, because they yeah, certainly I'm... leave it vague so far in at least this episode of the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. They never really tell you, but I, I think they tell you just enough that you can kind of get, you get a clear enough idea that you buy what's going on in this game right here. Yeah, and also each of these characters are over hundreds of years old. Yeah. Um. So all the tensions that, that have been building up, like they just all know each other at this point um, because they've been living in the same town for hundreds of years. Uh. So like Bigby's relationship with the woodsmen, they hate each other, but like, yeah, they are going to just sit down and have a conversation at some point because they know that they'll be doing it a thousand more times. They've done it a thousand times already. There's, there's, mm-hmm. they're three hundred year old rivals. I like that. I like this uh, rivalry between these two, and seeing this scene where they're just gonna, they're just gonna talk at the bar. Yeah, doesn't last very long. Eventually, uh, Gren calls Snow White a bitch. Which I like that Big B hates. Big B hates that word. He's yeah. mentioned it other times. Um, because that's his mom. <laughs> oh. Because he's a wolf. That's what a bitch is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. That never occurred to me before. Yeah. Wow. I, it took me now a little while to, to realize that. Like, Oh, he, that's because <laughs> that's what his mom is that. So that's. That's funny. Yeah, right? <laughs> I I like that it gives him a good motivation, but is also very funny if you think. Yeah, it's super subtle, but I like I don't think it clicked for me until after the credits rolled on this episode. Yeah, but uh, but totally, that's that that's something that he would care about. Speaking of totally, that's what it says on Mister Toad's license plate. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, uh, question. Do you know who Gren yeah. and Holly are? Like, what fable they no, are? No. I don't either. I have no idea. I, I wonder if they were just kind of... I, I, I When I was playing it, I just thought, oh, they're just kind of generic fairy tale creatures from this world to kind of fill in... Should we Google it? ...the gaps. I guess. Wolf Among Us. Yeah, because I don't... I have no idea. It's very difficult to spell wolf the real way. At at the time, I was thinking, yeah, they're just kind of generic fairy tale creatures from some story that doesn't actually exist. But that doesn't really seem in line with everything else we've seen in this game. Yeah, she's got a very particular um, 
visage as well. Like she's got this butterfly tattoo that wraps around her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then Gren, the guy at the bar, he transforms into it looks like Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> it might be the Boogeyman, but I don't know why the, the the word Gren. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Can I just say Gren? Not the most memorable name. I kept wanting to call him Grum from off of Tim and Eric. <laughs> I don't know Grum. <laughs> He's like this CGI Shrek creature. Um. So I'm yeah I'm looking at I'm looking at uh some wikis on Holly. Uh, so she she runs the Trip Trap Bar. I don't know if that's a reference to something. When I think trip tra- trap, I just think of like those uh, those traps in fairy tales in general, where you'd like trip on a wire and trap yourself. Yeah, and w- with Gren- I don't know if it's like a from a specific one. So she has Grendel there at the bar. Gren is short for Grendel, which makes me think Gretel, like Hansel and Gretel, but like his no. his thing has nothing to do with that. Yeah, he's a sp- he's a spooky monster. Yeah. Um. Okay, so it looks like she, okay, so someone is theorizing online. It looks like other people have thought about this and have had a hard time placing her as well. Um, Okay. Someone's theorizing that she's the troll under the bridge in the three Billy Goats Gruff story. Mm, Okay. Because that's what is depicted happening on the sign above the door and in the bar. Oh, that has to be it then. That makes perfect sense. Wait. Um, <laughs> um unless it doesn't after you read more. <laughs> okay, so that Gren is Grendel from Beowulf. Oh. I don't know Beowulf stuff. I don't I I don't either. I'm gonna search Grendel uh Beowulf. Maybe he's a spooky monster. Maybe he is. Um yeah, he is. He's like a... He doesn't look anything like what he's depicted as in the game anywhere that I'm seeing on Google Images, but he looks like a Sasquatch in Google Images. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed either of those. Yeah, so you get in a fight with Grendel, and it's like a rough fight. Uh, at the end, you get the choice to tear his arm off or not. That did you tear I, his arm off? No, that one I thought seemed a little too far. <laughs> did, yeah, did you? I was like, I don't, I don't. No, I didn't. I did not tear his arm. I also thought it was a little too far. I yeah, like, I love drinking Colin's water, but I will, I will not <laughs> probably tear Grendel's arm off. I think he learned his lesson. So then Tweedledee shows up to the the bar, um, and you have the option of either running after the woodsman or running after Tweedledee. And this is like the end of the episode, like, option. This is the big choice. Who do you think did it? That will be the person that you arrest. Who did you go for? I went for the woodsman. Interesting. I went for Tweedledee. Great. I'm glad we, we can talk about both of these because this seems like a big yeah. one. Um, yeah. I The reason I went with Tweedledee is it really seemed like the woodsman just didn't do it. So, yes, I agree with that. But also, the woodsman just knows Faith a lot more than yeah. anyone else in the story so far. So, mm. Or that is still alive, at least, for me. Yeah. Um, 
So it, it would be nice to just have a, a, a line of communication. I didn't know Bigby was going to go ahead and do the full arrest on him. That seems excessive for what we know so far. But yeah. um, I would like to, in CSI terms, bringing him for questioning and, and find some yeah. more stuff out. I'm still thinking in CSI terms. I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> you got to get out of CSI. I got to get out of there, man. I got it. It's not safe there. <laughs> a lot of people die there so y- y- not much happens uh with the woodsman between now and the end of the episode like you uh you detain him and you say like uh you he says you weren't you said you weren't gonna hurt me and you said well you said you weren't gonna run away and you ran away so dude come on <laughs> i don't know what to tell you yeah you broke the rules yeah. i don't know what to say yeah when you arrest <laughs> when you arrest Tweedledee, it's kind of the same he's kind of like yeah yeah you're under arrest whatever so, for me, I don't know what happened exactly for you, but for me, um, you're walking um, the woodsman back through uh, through the streets, and you you walk through the area that uh, it's called the Woodlands, which is where Bigby lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like an apartment building, and right where you found the head of um what's her name faith you find donkey skin you find snow white's head decapitated that made me sad i was like no yeah that made me very sad she was nice did you remember that when you yes i before well i remembered i it was in the back of my mind i was like i i remember something happened but i i wasn't like it wasn't super clear and so when i saw it i was like oh yeah now i remember yeah it's 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 a tricky one. I didn't like that. Um, they they definitely made you like her after yeah. one episode. Yeah, I thought she was going to be Bigby's partner in crime, for lack of a better uh, word. So that's the episode. Uh, Snow White is dead. Her head has completely lost the rest of the body. Um, uh, maybe we'll find it next time. I was, I was really sad about that. That was a gut punch. I was too. I was like, oh, I don't like that. Especially because uh, right before I booted it up, I saw on Steam, you know how Steam has like the community page for each game? Yeah. Someone did this huge uh, Snow White art. And I, that was the first thing I saw of the character even before I saw her in the game. That was the first oh, nice. character I, I, I was introduced to at all through this game. I mean, I knew of Big B Wolf, but I... Um, it, it's a, this is Snow White and like she, they did a great like painting of her and I'm glad, uh, it, you didn't get spoiled. No. In fact, I got the opposite of spoiled. I got, Oh, she's a big part of this game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, guess not. Yeah. Really threw, threw me off there, threw me off my rhythm. I wanted to bring up a couple other characters that, uh, show up. They don't really do much in the episode yet, but it seems like we're building up to it. Uh, Beauty and the Beast are in this. Right, um, yeah. They're not a huge part of this story, but I'm f- pretty sure they will be going forward, so I feel like it's at least a good idea to mention them. Uh, you find Beauty out in the in the yard in front of the apartment, mm-hmm. and she asks you to uh, not tell Beast. Beast is asking where she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you tell him? No. I also didn't. I was like, look, I... <laughs> Big B can be a mean guy, but I know how to keep a promise, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a a mean or nice thing. It just seems like 
why you'd be such a gossip to tell him like why would you why would you yeah. do that <laughs> you're not gonna believe who i saw in front of the apartments today yeah i mean it'd be one thing if they made it seem like you and beast are close friends but they didn't seem to do that b seems like a nice guy though whenever you do see him he was like oh geez where's my wife oh golly well you live in the same building and you're both effectively yeah. werewolves yeah so like there might be some connection. camaraderie there yeah. Um but they they don't make a point of saying that. So I don't assume we're friends. I Yeah, I, I mean they're they're small parts of this episode. Yeah, we seemed much better friends with Beauty. So I yeah. was, I don't know, I'm going to she seems like the better friend, so I'm going to not tell him. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and I think I I alluded to this earlier, but this is I think that the choices in this game I I'm not as satisfied with at least in this episode so far. Uh, I kind of agree they don't the Dead. yeah they don't really feel like big ones I, I I like having the choices but yeah nothing here really compares to how high the stakes were with your choices in episode one of Walking Dead well they they do and they don't because like there's a there's a whole guy in this episode that doesn't have to die right that's, that's like a, true. that's a pretty big thing but mm-hmm. I think the like like the walking dead rarely ever does that it's like save one person or the other not entirely one person or not um yeah so that that that's pretty large the stakes the stakes are significant but i think the the reasoning behind the choices in the walking dead made me feel a lot toward like about the concept of choice it was a game not it was a game that was about loss and about um fear and about things like that but more than that it was a game that explored what it means to choose like in your everyday life mm-hmm. you're choosing things all the time what is it what does that mean and then this game just has choices that are um important and skill based like you need to think through okay which one should i go to first and yeah. we probably i think there's a, a real argument that we did that wrong uh <laughs> we should have yeah. gone to lawrence's first like there was enough there for us to know that. So the skill based aspect of uh of choices, that's in the game. Yeah. But like I it doesn't feel like the choices have as much to say as the choices in The Walking Dead. It's like, it oh, you like didn't save this person or you did. And that's kind of just it, what it is. It it feels like more of a choose your own adventure book than like the choices really having something to say. Like it really is just moving the story along for some of them yeah it's like a film noir which is fine you know i that's a totally legit way to do it i mean that's still fun on its own but yeah just following up after walking dead these choices don't have quite as much impact um at least for right now maybe they will as we go through the season but like the way the choices in the walking dead led to and we will be spoiling the walking dead in future episodes of this podcast if you didn't catch up you gotta catch up uh <laughs> the the way um the, those choices in the walking dead led to car guys interference in your story mm-hmm. was very well done very responsibly done um it it made it felt so earned and a lot of the choices, like here, Lawrence dies or not because you got a phone call from a frog that said he was upset. <laughs> and like, okay, I mean, that's kind of a choice, but like, 
And I decided to go for the frog. I, I picked the frog. <laughs> I gotta help the frog. Yeah, that was like the biggest choice so far. I mean, the real biggest choice is probably arresting Woody or Tweedledee. But mm-hmm. it, it didn't matter in this episode. It'll matter later, probably. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, neither of those have impacted anything so far. So the story's yeah. good. The characters are great. The tone is wonderful. But the core interaction with the game, uh, it, it is this way in this game because The Walking Dead was successful, but it's not really doing the same thing The Walking Dead was. Yeah, and and I don't think that makes this game like any worse for it, but it is, if you're directly comparing it to Walking Dead, it, it is a little bit uh it's a, it's a little less satisfying. Yeah, like this game is not worse for it, but it is worse than The Walking Dead for it. Like Yeah, the- I st- I still like what the choices bring. I still like being like, "Oh, well I can choose to do this or this and that'll affect the story." Um so I I still like that the choices are there, but yeah, I I definitely agree. I also think that the the limited number of characters in this game, although that they're not so limited. There's a good amount of characters. But, like, the the amount of the city we've been shown so far feels very intimate um, in a way that makes me more excited about the future of the story, like, what it's leading toward, because there's a mystery right up front. And I like that, whereas in The Walking Dead, there really wasn't a mystery. It was just sort of like... I'm Surviving. I'm not excited for the next episode because I know it's just going to be a bummer. It, it it's just going to get worse. I was excited to play it, but I wasn't. I didn't need to find out what happened next. That wasn't the vibe. Where here, I really do want to know what happened next, like right now. Um, yeah, I I was thinking exactly that when we started. I was like, I just I I just want to jump right into the next one. I might do it later I, today I'm, after this recording. I might play another episode. I don't think I can just because I got some other stuff going on, but I I feel like I will sooner than I would uh, other Telltale games. Let's talk about the choice, uh, the choices we made and the percentages for each of them. Okay. So I did not give Faith money. Um, and that was one of the the main choices. Only fifteen point five percent of players were on my side with that one. <laughs> it looks like a lot of other people gave Faith money. That's interesting. So I played it on Xbox. Uh, the percentages are way different. They always are. He, yeah, here it's a lot closer to 50-50. Uh, I did give Faith the money, and it was actually in the minority. 46.5% of players gave Faith money. Okay, that's, it's so strange, because the, the, uh, the range should not be that big. It shouldn't switch from a majority to a minority based yeah. on the console. And that was a big majority, too. Yeah. For you. Um, I lied to Beast, along with 59% of players. Wow. That Again, different percentages. I also lied to Beast, but he was only with 23.1% of players. Can we talk to someone at Telltale about this? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I guess that's just the way it goes when you're on different systems. I guess the percentages are just different for each version of the game and that's just the way it goes i understand them being somewhat different because cross play mm-hmm. is hard to implement and if you're doing it for something as light as this like why bother right but still it it shouldn't be this different it's statistically very improbable that so many of these are so different 
yeah um i don't know <laughs> I, I i guess that's just that's just how it is 69.2 percent went to toads first instead of uh prince lawrence's mine is different but it's still in the majority uh i also went to toad first and 56.6 percent went to help toad uh yeah so 60 whatever percent of it went to toad first is the percent of players who uh did not save prince lawrence yeah um prime suspect there's five options for your prime suspect um and i guess that's who we tell snow we're thinking about in the car ride over uh to where we're going yeah who did you say the woodsman at the time i don't i don't think that anymore but that's exactly where i am too at the time it it wasn't even so much that i thought it was the woodsman it just seemed too obvious but uh you know even bigby says it he's like look i don't necessarily think he did it but he is the one lead we have yeah in throw mama from the train this this uh 1980s comedy movie um might be 90s but i think it's 80s uh the the main character is teaching a murder mystery writing workshop and he's grading someone's paper and the student goes did you like it and he goes dude it's a murder mystery with two characters in it the guy in the hat killed the other guy in the hat it's (laughs) there's not very many characters that we have yet so i know which one did it (laughs) Uh, and that's kind of how i feel about the story so far where it's like yeah i mean i know it's not the woodsman but who else am i gonna say yeah, exactly. That's at this point of the story, he's the only person you can really suspect. Maybe if Prince Lawrence didn't die, I'd think that. But with him dead, I don't really think that. Yeah, <laughs> that that would be a pretty uh, quick mystery. So between Tweedledee and the Woodsman, thirty-one point three arrested the Woodsman along with me. So a minority. So for me, I arrested Tweedledee and I was still in the majority but it's not a huge majority on Xbox it's only 51.6% okay. uh went for Tweedledee These numbers are so all over the place. I got I work with someone who used to work for Telltale. I I need to somehow ask them if they know anything about this. That's a good idea. Um although it might be maybe that's taking advantage of a position that I shouldn't take advantage of. I need to <laughs> to to soul search on that <laughs> and I'll get back to you. Um, Come back next week to see what Mitch decided on. I won't. I probably won't talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You want to get into our segments and then close it off? I would love to. So, Dustin, what was your golden moment? My golden moment for this episode might be a surprising one for you. Okay. My golden moment this week is when you're in the library looking through the books uh, to figure out who oh, I like this one. girl was. Yeah, um, it's it's not this big action scene, but that was the point in the episode when you're like looking through the books and like you're looking at uh, the picture of all the characters and Bigby just has like commentary on all of them and you have the book of the symbols and stuff. That's when it really hit me. That's when I said to myself, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, I I, I liked that a lot. Like the, the symbols relating to all of these different stories and like they're in different languages, uh, mm-hmm. but somehow they're all filtered into this one time period in New York. It's cool. 
Yeah. And at, when it comes right down to it, it's basically just the characters doing homework. But I, it, it just really, that's when I was like, I really like how this world is interpreted. Yeah. And, you know, also Buffkin was there. Buffkin so was there. You like him. I do like I'm not Buffkin. as sold. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know you like him. Uh, my golden moment is the first head. So Faith's head, when you see that. Uh, it's a it's a it's sort of just like a gross out shocker, but it is a real tone setter for the uh, kind of story this is going to be. Also, I didn't give money to Faith, and I thought that had to do with it for a moment until Ooh. I realized, like, oh no, this is too central to the plot. There's no yeah, way I did this. This is what the whole this. story is based on. <laughs> <laughs> My hands are clean. Yeah, there's no way I made that call. Uh, but is this? Is this our first uh, decapitated head in a Telltale game? Like, from a living... In Walking Dead, you had some, but I think it was mostly walkers. Like, this is the first time someone's head just came off, and then they then they weren't alive anymore. I'm trying to think if we ever saw anything like that in CSI. In C- I don't think so, and also, like... It we saw other gnarly like a- stuff in CSI. We saw, like, in, in uh, yeah. the last case in Three Dimensions of Murder, the victim's body was, like dissolved in acid but it was only partially yeah. gone that was rough um oh jurassic yeah. park had the egg scene oh that's true uh yeah but decapitations i don't train? think so bullet train was funny <laughs> yeah they were good yeah bullet train marty party marty party boogie feet steve <laughs> <laughs> steve uh this isn't about them but uh, they 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 just always bring a smile to my face yeah you got jill wilde and her three wild children along with keith wild the least wild wild <laughs> the least wild wild uh but no that's a great uh that's a great uh scene to pick uh makes an impression definitely and i was i was really bummed out uh, I, I don't think I emphasized this enough because I had to stop recording when we were talking about it and I came back. I was really, really bummed out about Snow White. Same. I was, e- even when I kind of remembered what was going to happen, like once I saw the police at the crime scene, then I was like, oh yeah, I remember what happens. Even then I was like, I don't want this to be what happens. Yeah, because I was thinking, I as I went through this episode, I was thinking, you know what, I might... At the very beginning, I thought I wasn't going to be a nice guy with Big B at all. But mm-hmm. everything that happened, I was thinking, okay, maybe I should get a little nicer with Big B. Um, and I think, in retrospect, it was Snow White being a positive influence on me while I was doing this stuff. And now that she's don't- dead, I don't feel like I'm going to be nice anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that also just makes sense for his character. I feel like that was around when I stopped trying to play nice, too, was around near the end like uh uh gren in the bar that's when i was like look i'm i'm losing my patience with you man yeah gren was just a a real dingus the whole time um but who is the guy that you liked the most your weekly guy one might say mr toad mr toad's good (laughs) it's just it's just gotta be mr toad just walking into this building and you see a little frog man in these little clothes (laughs) his clothes are appropriately sized but he is small (laughs) and and, and he has a great uh vocal performance um i like that he's a good dad i was prepared to turn on him i was like ah this guy better not be beating his son i'll turn on this uh stupid frog uh, but then it turned out that he was just protecting him as much as he could. And I was like, you're all right by me, Mr. Toad. My weekly guy is Snow White. 
Snow White is probably my second. She's a great choice as well. I feel like she might not get another chance to be a wiggly yeah, guy. That's... So <laughs> That's true. Maybe I should have rethought my Mr. Toad might earn it next time, and who's to say? <laughs> um uh, sorry, Snow White. So because of what I was talking about earlier, because I didn't give the money to uh to Faith, I did not know if that was my fault at first when she was dead. Um so mm-hmm. for my choice cut. That's definitely the one giving money to Donkey Skin or not, because um, it seemed so innocuous and then it felt like it had major consequences. And that kind of that kind of choice, um, it was the first major choice and it was the peak of the episode. You So would you say you like when uh, choices are presented to you, but they don't seem like a big deal right away? I don't I don't know if in general I have any kind of rule about that but in this particular I like when choices seem earnest natural right like yeah um like what we were talking about with the walking dead with the the station wagon guy all of those choices some of them I could feel were big moments and some of them I thought were small moments moments but when he like counters my decisions about everything at that last uh, on that last episode they all feel earned like the repercussions of those choices feel so earned mhm and if my casual reluctance to give this woman a $100 actually resulted in her decapitation i think that <laughs> would feel earned because she was supposed to have enough money for uh for her pimp or whatever and she yeah. didn't, and I knew that, and I was like, I don't really, it's not my call. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and then if the, she died because of that, yeah, I would feel terrible, and it would be my fault. I know, Now that I know, I mean, I knew kind of halfway through the episode, like, this is too much about this woman's death. There's no way it could have gone anywhere way else. I didn't cause this. Um, but at the time, the thought that maybe I did cause it with that amount of choice felt very impactful, Felt felt like a big deal. I feel you. I'm sorry it didn't play out that way. Um, no, I like it. I like not having killed her. I'm, I like it yeah. not being my <laughs> call. I guess I guess that is better. Uh, what What is your choice cut? Um, you know what? For kind of similar reason, I'm going to give it to uh, choosing to help Toad or Prince Lawrence out first. Yeah. Just because that had some, uh, that had a big consequence. I think we tend to give the choice cut to choices that actually screwed us over. Yeah. That's what we tend to do as, uh, mm-hmm. as players on this podcast. Yeah, and I, I still stand by it. I, I liked helping this little toad. I was like, yes, I'm gonna go there. I need more of him in this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but knowing that Prince Lawrence could survive. If you didn't do that, I probably would have done it differently. Yeah, I mean, that's a big difference. That's the biggest difference so far. Yeah. So. I'm going to stick with it, but I'm like, ooh, yeah. hindsight's 2020. Yeah, I would have liked that guy to live, especially because he knew Faith the best. That's a lot of information about her. Yeah, and we didn't get to know him. Maybe he could have been a great character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he seemed... Seemed just like a guy in the end, but <laughs> maybe he could well, have been a great character. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're not going to get much out of someone who's uh, dying. Sure, that's fair. Um, Dustin, how psyched are you for next episode? 
I'm extremely psyched. I can't wait, especially since from here on out, this is all brand new to me. Yeah. So I this was the first time I played through this at all, but you sort of remembered this one. But now we're in uh we're untrodden territory now. We're in untrodden trodden untrodden territory. And we're getting ready for that uh The Wolf Among Us 2 next year. We'll be Yeah, I was thinking caught up. I was thinking that the whole time. I was like uh, now that I know I enjoy this and want to keep going, I'm even more excited that there's more coming. Yeah, I mean, I there's no way we we two people weren't going to buy and play that just because of the podcast yeah. that we run and our obligations. Um, but But now I want to. Yeah, now it's like a legit day one purchase on its own. Yeah. So Exactly. Um, that and The Expanse. I watched that first season of the show. I, we talked about this already. The show, The Expanse. Um, yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It, it was cool. Cool concepts going on in there. That's good. I, I can barely sit down long enough to focus on a comic book. I don't know if I'm going to sit down and watch a whole first season, but maybe. Maybe when it gets closer. The, the first season was only like eight episodes or something. But like, yeah, it's... Oh, that's not too bad. It's one of those kinds of shows. Um, <laughs> like a Game of Thrones sort of deal but yeah that's it for the podcast catch us next week when we're going to be talking about episode two of the wolf among us which i don't know the name of i should know the names of these episodes uh before we start doing the podcast but i I think it was called smoke and mirrors smoke and mirrors is what it's called thank you dustin so join us next week when we talk about episode two smoke and mirrors of the wolf among us we'll see you then ABC, yeah. Uh...